0: You are Locked On Sun Devils, your daily podcast on the Arizona
1: State Sun Devils, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast for a Friday edition here. we got a very exciting guest with our Locked On Utes expert that we'll be diving into for the rest of the podcast here. We're going to hear all of Brian's thoughts on the overall uh, Utah season, just as a whole, what's gone well for them, what really just needs to be improved upon uh, as they go through the rest of the season. Uh, They're also going to take a look at some main performers, so either on the offensive defense, who's standing out on both sides of the ball, and what they're going to look to exploit against ASU. And as always, towards the end of the week, we're going to look at the spread, money line, uh, score predictions, and then mold predictions for this game against Utah and ASU. You're listening to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. Thanks for making Locked On Sun Devils your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Welcome to the Locked On Sun Devils podcast. It is a Friday edition here, as always. I am your host Connor Drios, back for the last episode of this week. he has been covering uh, the last few days this week, so uh, definitely glad to be back. Um, as always. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Cedrios, and you can find Richie at Richie Brads with a Z36. Make sure to follow our podcast as well on Twitter at LO underscore Sun Devils, and subscribe to our podcast. Never miss an episode for all your favorite Sun Devils content. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, uh, or Odyssey as well. So we had teased in the very introduction of the show that we're going to be talking to our Locked On Utes expert, Brian Brown. Brian, how you doing today, man?
2: Couldn't be better excited to join up with you fellows was mentioning beforehand. This is my first time doing a crossover episode, which is wild because I've been doing this for a while, but no better group to start with than uh, the uh, fellow locked honors to the South.
0: See, I I just I like to think all of our our crossover episodes that can be a little bit more civil. I think when you start talking about like Pac-12, especially Pac-12 South matchups, it's just a lot of heat playing in those games, a lot on the line, but like, we can talk we can have a good time like they're they're doing the playing on the field right they're going to hit each other doesn't mean we have to do it in the podcast
2: Yeah, I I played college football as an offensive lineman, and and so I'm terrible at talking trash. Like, most of what I did was just grunt on the field and kind of, like, you know, make noise. So, uh, like, when I come on these things, it's all about just having a good time and and some back and forth. But this is – I don't know how you guys feel. This feels like a rivalry game, and it feels like it's a critical point in the season for both squads. I think this is kind of the make-or-break game in the Pac-12 for sure.
1: I would definitely agree with you there. That It's been a really, really – good rivalry game for like the last 10 years for whatever reason these two teams I wouldn't say they hate each other the way that like ASU hates U of A but these two teams have this mutual respect for each other and they come to play for 60 minutes they play hard-nosed football too Utah has really gained a great reputation of smash mouth football teams that you don't want to play on the road so I am anticipating a very good matchup this week
0: we are talking about stakes as well. We're the only two teams as far in the South that are undefeated in conference play. So even if Utah takes home a, a win this week at home, they're going to be first in the standings and they're going to have an important tiebreaker um, towards the end of the season. Brian, you may not have listened to all of our episodes, but it, it feels like, and Rich, you can back me up on this. It feels like every week, especially recently, maybe starting at like UCLA, it's, this is the biggest game of the season. We absolutely have to get this game. And then the next week. This is still the biggest game of the season, which like, I guess it's kind of true on like a day-to-day basis. If you're playing one football game that day, that's true. That's the most important football game of that day. Uh, But I I think you're totally right. Utah, and we'll get into just a little bit of your thoughts on the season so far, but like, I I think Richie and I had a ton of respect for the Utes coming into this season and and just it may not have played out as well as it could have so far for them. Uh, A little bit of of, uh, kind of switching them quarterbacks as well. Um, But we still are looking at this Utah team. It's not not a gimme by any stretch of the imagination, especially having to play on the road. Um, I I think you kind of hit the nail on the head saying it feels like a bit of a a rivalry game.
2: It it does. Uh, I think this Utah team is much improved from the start of the season. We can both – uh, unify our forces against hating BYU for beating our squads this season uh, oh, yes. at the very least. Uh, and and nobody loves BYU, especially here in the Pac-12, but I think you made a good point. This conference, every single week, that's what makes it so great, is that every single week you've got an opponent where it's like you can't you can't sit back and rest on your laurels. It's going to be a tough game and in one way, shape, or form, this game is what forms your season. I think this one in particular, though, right now, with the way things have gone and ASU having already dispensed with ucla it's two teams that kind of hold their destiny in their own hands and i think that's what makes this one exceptionally good which is why they obviously decided to put it on as late as possible uh you know in 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 terms of tv broadcasting but hey i'm not complaining
1: no and we can we can definitely as we dive in more talk about the players who have turned utah around but i mean it all starts and ends with cameron rising by the seams of things
2: Oh yeah, without a doubt. Uh, when Charlie Brewer was demoted and and essentially pulled mid game against San Diego State this year, uh, the offense immediately flipped, and and a lot of that was just I think in the off season Cam Rising was coming off a shoulder injury to his throwing shoulder that he suffered last year in the very first game. He'd only played fourteen or sixteen plays. And so it was a very much a known process at that point. But Rising has embedded himself in the culture here at Utah. He's really well loved. You know, I think he and Jane Daniels are very similar in terms of what their skill sets are. Right, they're great passing quarterbacks, but they can also make things happen with their legs. And they're very well liked by their teammates. Very, you know, charismatic, everything like that. Very good leaders. And uh, when Rising took over there in the second half of the San Diego State game, that's really what changed things. And I think it, the whole entire performance uh, for the offense really culminated against USC last week, and it was rising, you know, 300 and I believe 306 yards, three touchdowns, zero interceptions, almost 80% completion rate. And it was a lot of downfield throws, which if, if you've watched Utah football in the past, they didn't realize that you could actually throw the ball past the sticks. Um, so, so that's a nice change up, you know, uh, for so many years, they've just tried to run the ball all the time. And, and now to have a uh, throw game, as Kyle Whittingham likes to say, is a big change for this offense.
1: If I can just throw this in really, really quick, uh, Baltimore Ravens fan here, I am the biggest Tyler Huntley fan in the whole wide world.
2: Huntley is awesome, uh, and and it's a shame that he didn't have this Baltimore Ravens offense to run at Utah because I think he could have been a, an incredibly electric quarterback. Um, but he uh, he was a great player here at Utah, a lot of fun. And in, in that last year, twenty nineteen, you know, I thought he generated some legitimate, not Heisman buzz, but just like, hey, this guy's playing really well. Uh, that other Burrow guy is way better, though. <laughs> yeah, who? I thought? have no idea who you're even talking about. No, <laughs> no. no clue nobody does it's you know, joseph something
0: yeah. i i don't know uh um, well, hey, yeah 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 um let's let's kind of talk about the the season so far for utah I, I think it's way too soon to say it's like a tale of two halves right but under brewer they were one and two and so far the last two games with um uh sorry i'm, I'm scratching on the the new quarterback cam is a Dancler?
2: Cam rising yeah
0: cam rising wow uh dantzler Anyways, another um, quarterback. Corner.
2: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. that's super, right. Super yeah. there's a lot of cams out there. It's hard to keep everybody straight. You know, when I record with Cindy Robinson, who does Locked On back 12 we always screw up names. That's just our thing. So,
0: totally, totally. Uh, well, Brewer unfortunately was the name that was sticking in my head, and of course, now that uh, Rising is playing as well as he has, he's two and zero in the last two games. Uh, again, maybe too soon to say that it is like a tale of two halves. But what are your thoughts so far in the Utah season?
2: Oh, I I definitely think you're spot on there. I think the change in quarterback was a big part of it too. Um, you know, and and Utah's experienced some tragedy as well. Uh, you know, losing Aaron Lowe to a uh, you know a violent crime. Um, so that that I think it, it, it's odd how those kind of two events lined up, but it really is. Um, kind of the breaking point for this University of Utah team, and we saw them come off the bye week and play really well against USC. Some more time settled. It did coincide that Utah made some changes up front to the offensive line with the quarterback change that I think have really uh, has really benefited them. They they built some cohesion up front on that offensive line, and as you you guys well know, you know, cohesion up front is a massive benefit Uh, when you can get those guys back that have been playing together. uh, It it really makes a huge difference in how the offense goes. And and so Utah is, you know, trying to reestablish their identity as offense. I think the two offenses are very similar in in what they want to accomplish. They want to run the football. They want to protect the ball and they want to throw downfield when they can. And I, I think it's very much a, Similar style, but maybe a little bit different format and how they try to accomplish that. Yeah, so tell me a little bit about this defense captain by
1: the absolute monster that is Devin Lloyd.
2: Yeah, Devin Lloyd is incredible. I don't know if you guys watch Ted Lasso, but we've started quoting the Roy Kent. He's here. He's there. He's everywhere. That's Devin Lloyd, um, <laughs> and that's a little bit what you get with him. Is that he really does a little bit of everything. He lined up for the most part at defensive end against USC as Utah went with what they call their cowboy package. It's kind of like a nickel um, or a three, three, five, I guess would be the better, uh, name, but he does everything for Utah. He, he, he covers, he blitzes, you know, he roams sideline to sideline very well. He's creeping up on becoming a day one potential prospect in the NFL draft. And, and for a guy that converted as a safety in high school to the linebacking position, it, it's really, you know, a big step for him, but he's an impressive football player and you watch him and, and you know, there will be times where you're kind of looking and waiting for something to happen, and then all of a sudden Devin Lloyd pops in there with an interception that he probably shouldn't have had any chance of catching uh, or recovering a fumble or something like that. And so he is very much the heartbeat of this defense, and, and that linebacking group especially has been very strong for Utah this year.
0: Well, that was Brian's thoughts on Utah as a whole uh, for our first segment. Uh, stick with us for the next segment where we are be talking about some of the other main performers on both sides of the ball as well for Utah and what they're going to look to exploit against ASU going into this week's matchup. You're listening to the Lockdown sundables podcast. Do you have issues trying to find the best tasting protein out there as, as well as trying to find what kind of consistency you're looking for? I haven't had that issue and that's because I found Bilt Bar. Did you know that Bilt Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. And when you talk to a Bilt Bar fan such as myself, they're definitely passionate about their favorites. If you don't know the Bilt Bar flavors, well, you're just missing out. They've got coconut raspberry mint brownie double chocolate salted caramel strawberry orange cookies and cream and even german chocolate you know what my favorite is it's absolutely that german chocolate cannot get enough of that if you haven't tried all the flavors you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors not only are built bars flavors the best tasting but they're healthy too check out the macros they're 17 to 18 grams of protein and their calories range from 130 to 180 and only four to five grams of sugar with about four to five grams of net carbs as well. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code Locked On, and you'll get 50% off your order. Use promo code Locked On for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. We're back for our next segment talking about some other Utah performers, uh, as well as what Utah is going to look to exploit against ASU's offense and defense going into this week's matchup. The first segment, I would say, was pretty civil. I think we spoke pretty candidly about our thoughts on each team. We were talking well of each other. This might be a little bit of a a chance for Brian to take a a dig at ASU, considering what he thinks that their offense can do, as well as we talked about uh, some of the players in their defense in the last segment of of what they're going to be able to to try to stop Jaden Daniels and company as well. So, Brian, let's start with the offense. We talked a little bit about the quarterback situation. Is there anybody else you want to highlight going into this game?
2: It Well, it, it starts and ends with Utah's tight end group. They've been really uh, terrific this year. Dalton Kincaid, a newcomer, he's a transfer from the University of San Diego. Uh, the two stalwarts, Brant Keithy and Cole Fotheringham, have been very productive in the Pac-12 for the last few seasons. Keithy, I think, was considered one of the top uh, tight ends going into the season, but with all the attention that he's drawn, Dalton Kincaid has actually emerged uh, as a relative uh, – a, a solid threat for the University of Utah as well. That's the group that really I think uh, performed uh, over their skis, we should say a little bit here in in the uh, the great white North um, as they really blocked and 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 converted well in the past game for Utah against USC and when they're doing that, this Utah offense is very functional. Uh, their abilities to set the edge on offense uh, in the run game is tantamount. Uh, Keithy and, and Kincaid and Fotheringham for that part are all very versatile in, in where you can line them up on, on the field. And that ability to split them out wide, to bring, bring them in tight, to move Keithy and Kincaid around is maybe an H-back type uh, setup, mm-hmm. it, it really causes fits for defenses because you have to figure out where they're at at all times.
0: Richie, I don't know about you, but I feel like watching uh, some of the games so far this season, even though this defense is phenomenal so far, uh, arguably the best in the Pac-12 so far the first five or six games, the tight end, not a position that we've been very good at covering so far this year.
1: No, not, not at all whatsoever. And knowing that one of Utah's biggest strengths is their tight ends, that makes me a little sick to my stomach knowing that we're going to have even more issues trying to stop the offense when it comes to the tight end and they have a mobile quarterback and they have a really solid run game, there's a very good chance that Utah finds a way to get north of 25 points in this game early. We're not even the
0: defensive coordinators and you're already keeping us up at night. Uh, (laughs) But the game against BYU, I think it was Isaac Rex. Um, Jake, uh, with Locked On Cougars, um, had mentioned Isaac Rex was one of their big players. And that was kind of the back-breaking touchdown at the end of that game that just put the nail in the coffin for us. Uh, so still a little bit of PTSD from there. Uh, and then UCLA's tight end, I think it's Greg um, I th- He came into that game with like seven receptions, I think on the year, and he was their second leading receiver. And I think he left with nine. So we, I, I, we, we like to brag about our linebackers all the time, right? Whether it's Darian Butler, Merlin Robertson, or Kyle Soley. Um We have a, a great linebacking group, but for whatever reason, we are not able to stop uh, any of the tight ends so far we've come up against. So, uh, not a great start, and the game hasn't even started for the first quarter. Uh, outside of the tight end group, uh, let me ask you this. For your running back so far, um, is there somebody you feel like is standing out? Because when I look at some of the box scores, you've got two, maybe even three guys that have absolutely been balling out this year. ASU has not allowed a 100-yard rusher, but you've had three 100-yard rushing games in the last for your, your two-game win streak currently.
2: Yeah, it's it's been running back by committee. It's kind of whoever has had the hot hand. Last game it was Tavion Thomas. He's a JUCO transfer, uh, a bounce back from Cincinnati that Utah acquired in in the summer. Uh, But I think you know in terms of the rushing game, Utah and ASU are kind of similar, right? It's it's multiple. Uh, players that are getting involved in the rushing game and I know that Chip Traynham hasn't been uh, been healthy recently I believe he'll be ready to go for the game on Saturday but you guys probably know better than I do on that one um, but it's it's all about spreading the ball around and so Makai Bernard will likely start the game out Tavion Thomas is the big bruising back he's about 6'2", almost 6'3", uh, 220 pounds and so he really you know lays the lumber and then it's uh, Bernard and TJ Pledger who kind of act like they're scat backs and, and do a lot of work, you know, sideline. The sideline and out of the backfield Utah runs kind of more of a pro style offense it's a lot more under center than you would uh, think and even now and then you'll see a tight end handoff to Brant Keithy which is you know you don't see a lot of tight end sweeps anymore in college
0: Richie write that down we have to let Herm know about the tight end sweep <laughs>
2: I'm sure uh, Herm uh, I'm sure Herm's been cooking up schemes left and right and and I mean there's a there's so much defensive knowledge on that staff down there too. I I I got an opportunity to do, uh to work with Marvin Lewis when I was uh as part of the Salt Lake Stallions and I tell you what that guy you, you know the cliche they've forgotten more about football than than you know. I mean it yeah, was 100%. it was obvious that he'd done that. So so and
0: Richie backed me up on this, but when they hired Marvin Lewis after seeing his tenure end with the Bengals, it kind of felt like oh okay great that's awesome but i i think people saw what he was doing in cincinnati or at least like uh, was able to push push the bangles but just not quite get them over the edge and just wasn't wasn't it didn't feel like this this great addition to staff but it, now that you're mentioning it it just i i think that the tune on him is totally switched i i think when you talk about uh the defensive knowledge at least kind of on that sideline uh it runs pretty deep so So that was uh, as far as the offense goes. uh, Who ASU needs to watch out for? Um, Anybody other than the linebacking group on the Utes' defense that we need to be watching out for?
2: Mika Tafua, the defensive end, is is one to watch for the University of Utah. They've always had a good defensive end group. This one uh, hit a little bit early on by the injury bug. Had some guys that had to step up on the interior, but Tafua. You know, we talk about Utah being quote-unquote Sack Lake City, and Tafua is the current mayor of Sat Lake, Sack Lake City here in Utah. Um, he's, he's leading the team in sacks, but he's uh, he's a terror off the edge there, has extremely good get-off, long arms, uh, has a really nice outside-to-inside move that he works often. Um, and And as someone who once played offensive line a long, long time ago, Uh, Every time I see him set up a tackle to the outside and break inside, I uh, tighten up just a little bit on my insides. So he's one to watch. I think Clark Phillips is an emerging player in the secondary. I had the uh, audacious uh, task of of covering Drake London last week. And listen, I don't know anybody who who would want to do that. But Phillips was pretty admirable. You know, London still had 16 catches for 160 yards, but just the one touchdown. So in – you know, Drake London's world, that's, that's maybe an off day. For the rest of us, that's, you know, a Hall of Fame-type performance. But Phillips would be another one to watch in the secondary for sure.
0: I'm kind of upset. Uh, I haven't heard of Sack Lake City before. I, I think if one will be watching this game in a room full of ASU fans, every time that, that they get a sack on Jaden Daniels, they're going to be telling people about that. And they're going to be so mad, like, that sack happened. They're not going to care, <laughs> even though that's a, a dope nickname.
2: Yeah, Utah fans have embraced it for a long time and it's been, uh, in due part to what Utah's done in the pressure game. You know, when Jaden Daniels was up here as a true freshman, it was, uh, it was a rough, a rough stretch for him, and, and he said as much in his interview with the Pac-12 Network that uh, he didn't he didn't enjoy his trip back up to Utah, um, because that defensive front is is so aggressive, and I would expect Utah to try and do the same thing this week. They need to get after him, and they need to make him uncomfortable. That's really tough to do, because uh, Daniels is a terrific quarterback, and and what he can do with his feet, as we you all know, I'm you know I'm preaching to the choir here. Uh, it's a big task for the University of Utah to try and try and get him uncomfortable
0: jaden's taken i want to say it's seven sacks off the top of my head uh so so the the offensive group has has done pretty well up front and at the same time like there's probably a handful of those that i think jaden's run into as well on his own so it's not even all on the offensive line uh but i i think you're totally right if they can really get after jaden daniels yes he's dynamic outside the pocket but anytime you're putting pressure on the quarterback to potentially make that bad throw uh he had two interceptions against the byu team who did exactly that so I think that's probably the recipe for success, that as long as you can keep him behind the line of scrimmage uh, and keep him moving, you never know just what's going to happen.
2: And that BYU football team does a weird scheme where they like to really keep everything in front of them and and drop eight and make it confusing and cover and I think that's going to get their hands up in passing lanes and get deflections. And they've been able to get a few quarterbacks in years past. I don't know that Utah is going to be able to do the same thing. But uh, I have a ton of respect. You know, this is a tough one as a Utah fan and, and someone who covers Utah football because I look at Arizona State. And this is a team that really doesn't have a ton of weaknesses uh, on our end of things. And, it you know, it's a tough one with them coming into Salt Lake City on a cold night. You just... You know, you know they're coming in playing well with some momentum and confidence and and I have a ton of respect uh, for the Sunday Devils but that being said I hope that they lose by thirty. <laughs> well
1: of course and uh, and we hope that we win by seventy. So take <laughs> that Ryan.
2: Yeah as it should be. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right so we made it to the very
0: end of the second segment before we started doing some shot taking so uh, but it's good that's at least happening uh, we'll, we'll probably be. Uh, seeing things out on Twitter that each of us are talking about during the games. So hopefully uh, we get to talk about uh, some of the things that are going well for our teams during that time. So Brian, I will let you know, uh, we had talked uh, earlier about how we had Jake on our podcast. That is the only crossover episode we've gotten to do so far this season. And when it came to score predictions or, or maybe against like the spread, uh, we definitely took ASU. Um, I wouldn't say heavily, but at least confidently in, in that game. And what do you know, they ended up losing. So if in the next segment, when we start talking about what we think ASU is going to do score wise, or at least what they're going to give up, and you just think, wow, you guys are being big homers, you have like total free willpower just to like, like press a homer button or something like just interrupt what we're saying and say, you guys are absolutely wrong. And you're going to see that this weekend against Utah.
2: Yeah. And that's really how it should be in these games. You know, we can talk about what we've seen and broken down, but uh, I for sure am one that, you know, I'm, I'm. I'll be there on Saturday night, and I will be. uh Well, I'm not a big yeller, screamer, cheerer. Um, I will be thinking very negative thoughts at the Sun Devils, hoping that they freeze and everything like that. You know, in in true rivalry fashion, and and you know, hoping and predicting that Utah's going to win. That's, that's not how we have to do it these days, right? Well, unfortunately for, for us,
1: we're not quite what you would call a cold weather football team.
2: I, I saw the threads, though. They're trying to bring the ice to the party. I, I respect that. Uh, it's a different story when you're coming north of the wall, though. I'll tell you that much.
1: Oh, 100%. Yeah. The The one thing that Arizona State consistently gets right is that we constantly have great threads. The helmets look amazing. And overall, I, I think that what we got going on on the drip side of the coin is we got this seemingly figured out. So we'll see. We'll see if... We, you know the saying, you look good, you feel good, you feel good, you play good. So we're hoping that that ends up being true.
2: I support it 100%. It'll be fun to uh, see the matchups. Utah going with a little black and white um, for the uh, good-looking, clean, uniform matchup for sure. Well, there you go,
1: and I appreciate that. But – but I'll throw I'll throw some love right back at you. When you guys get those those like I, I don't know what to call it except like holographic looking, just the way that shines off that red, oh my goodness, those are gorgeous.
2: Yeah, the satin helmets that Utah puts together. Thank you. Are, yeah. yeah, satin. Yeah, they're uh they're a fan favorite here. In fact there's a lot of uh, uh wailing and gnashing of teeth, so to speak, in the uh the Utah fan base right now because they're not wearing Um, you do what you got to do to look good exactly
0: so with that being said that is the second segment Uh, next we're going to be talking about the the spread money line score predictions and bold predictions uh, on the Utah side of the ball uh, going into this matchup you're listening to the Locked On podcast we're back and better than ever all eyes are on the gridiron as teams are back for another football season As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all pro and college football action this season. With a new updated site and interface, even more odds, props, and contests, BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive 50% off your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Don't forget to use our promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. From football, basketball, boxing, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. We're back for our third and final segment of this Friday edition of the Locked On Sundance podcast. Uh, again, joining us is Brian Brown, our Locked On uh, Utes expert here. Now, for the last segment, we're going to be talking about uh, bet online betting odds. So, we're going to be looking at the over under as well as Um, what's ultimately going to be a pick as there is no spread this week. Uh, Talking about some score predictions and bowl predictions. So, gentlemen, I'll start us right now. Since there is no spread, it's just a straight-up ASU versus Utah at home. This is the time to call your shot. How are we feeling about this game and your own team?
2: You know, for me, personally, uh, I'm a little bit nervous about this one. I've watched ASU play in the last couple games. Their defense has become... Uh, you know, an absolute force, and and watching the way that they, uh, you know, manage the UCLA game, and then, um, you know, just uh, decimated uh, opponents along the way. And if, remind, mis, remind me if I'm mistaken here. I think they're on a three game win streak, correct? They are currently yes. on a three
0: game win streak after that loss to BYU.
2: Yeah. So ever since that game, they've really just been, uh, you know, on fire. And I hate to use that kind of a cliche for the Sun Devils, but. This is a really good football team, and this is a team I think that even in the preseason uh, we all knew had a lot of talent and had a lot of potential, but it does look like Herm Edwards is finally putting together that kind of a season, and you never want to run into a team when they're playing at the peak of their uh confidence uh so that has me a lot worried that being said i think utah is in a different level emotionally you know they've had they've lost a teammate this season they had a very emotional win against usc uh the first win in the coliseum in a, in a 105 year span and at this point in time they feel and look like a football team that is out to do something that's that's even bigger than what they've done And so, that being said, I think the Utes come out. I think they're going to be inspired. Uh, I think they're going to play hard. I think Utah fans are going to be loud and try and be intimidating. And uh, so, I think the Utes will eke out a victory against the Sun Devils.
0: So, Rich and I were talking about this before the podcast started. So, because this game doesn't have a spread, it it just shows how close and competitive this game is expected to be. I'm, I'm not going to lie. I was, I'm was. i more confident about this game than uh, I was against Stanford. And maybe that's because I have the knowledge of beating Stanford now. Um, but Richie was giving you guys a little bit more respect than I think I was. And it's not because I think anyone's going to blow somebody out, right? I, I do think it's going to be a competitive game, especially ASU having to go on the road. Um, I think I'm going to pick ASU here. But, uh, again, it's expected to be close. Uh, we, we talked about um, – essentially some of the strengths of of the offense kind of mirroring each other a little bit and and both teams on defense have played well Uh, and we'll talk a little bit about that kind of getting into the over under I'm going to take ASU on the road here to extend the streak and stay undefeated in the Pac-12 South but as we mentioned earlier this win would put um, Utah as the only undefeated team in the South and put them in first place with it essentially control of their own destiny over big wins against an ASU and maybe even a USC uh, towards the end of the season
1: yeah so what I had touched on uh yesterday was this this is going to be a game where it's going to go right down to the wire and the spread sitting at 50 and a half I took ASU 2723 to take the under just barely but yeah before the podcast me and Connor were talking and he was saying that he's more confident about this game than Stanford and I kind of heckled him I was like dude I don't know about that like Utah for the last 10 years, because we play them every year. It's not like Stanford where you play them a couple years in a row and then they, they alter it up. But we, we play Utah every single year and every single year it's a slug fest. And it just, it's one of those games where it gets decided on the field. It's never decided ahead of time. There, there's a reason there's no favorite in this game. And it's because these two schools just slug it out for 60 minutes and typically, it's whoever gets beat up the least that ends up winning this game. So it is, it is going to be everything that we hope it is, and it's got a feeling of some classic hashtag Pac-12 after dark.
0: Brian uh, Richie was using the uh, the family version language on that. He wasn't just heckling me. He actually said that you're not going to be like my co-host anymore um, after talking about us beating Utah uh, at least somewhat convincingly in my mind. So. Richie's got your back. So if, if you're going to talk about anybody being a homer right now, it's probably more me than him. Uh, so just just know Richie was defending you guys before this podcast started.
2: I think it's just that Pac-12 fan in him. You know, when you've been doing this for a while, you've come in confident to many a game and had one just completely flipped on you. Uh, so we're probably all just a little hesitant to jump into those, uh, really confident predictions. Uh, that being said, I understand why, you know, Utah has, has played well at home. Uh, this defense is very tough and ferocious. I, I think it is a very much about all the strengths, but you know, uh, the the one thing that stands out in my mind is just the experience on the Arizona State side of things. This is still a pretty young Utah team, and and if if it does get away from Utah, I do I do see a scenario where it could get away from them in a hurry.
0: A very veteran team that has a ton of penalties. So, you know, as disciplined as Herm Edwards can make them so far. Um but both teams are, are riding win streaks that we talked about earlier, especially a couple of emotional wins. <laughs> It is going to be a close game regardless of, of who we pick to win so far. So with that, we're going to get into the over under, but before that, I'm going to throw out a couple of nuggets. So Richie had already kind of briefed this a little bit. Uh, currently on Bet online, the over under is set at 50 and a half. So far, this season ASU is, is averaging 33.3 points per game, uh, while Utah is averaging 30.8, which that could even be a little misleading considering the fact they had a quarterback change. Uh, And now they're playing much better on offense than they were the first three games of the season. But that adds up to about 64 points a game. So somewhat significantly over that. But then you look at the defenses. ASU is averaging 16.2 points given up. uh, And then Utah is only giving up 23 points per game. So set at about 39. It's not particularly close to that over under. So it's not like you can just look at one thinking this is just going to be a back and forth battle. No one's going to play any defense. And they're absolutely going to put up those points. But at the same time, we're talking about two pretty good offenses. Brian, I'm, I'm going to give it to you. you taking the over-under at
2: 15.5. I think things are going to get crazy. It, like Richie said, it is Pac-12 after dark. It's going to be cold. But it's going to be dry. And I'm going to I'm going to go with it. I'm going to take the over.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so, like, significantly over? Or do you think they're just going to, like, last-second field goal or touchdown is going to push them right over that edge?
2: uh you know what my my thinking is that as long as i'm here i'm gonna have myself some fun we're we're in you know on the arizona state podcast so i'm gonna say we go way over let's go 75 points total <laughs> oh t- trust me i'm here for it especially
1: when asu is winning the game 72 to 3 yeah that's pretty incredible
2: <laughs> <laughs> valid very valid we're excited Richie to get that Arctic. field goal though
0: are they kicking that no. at the end of the game so they don't get shut out, or are they kicking it on the first drive and just never put up any other points?
1: No, yeah, it's first drive. They uh, they get a quick 3 nothing lead, and then the ASU second-half defense shows up.
0: Gosh, there's absolutely no way this could ever bite us in the bud. So, uh, so that is the over-under. I, I think I'm going to take it as well, and you'll see why in my score prediction. I, I do think it's going to just squeak over. Um, but I do think that it's going to be over that 50 and a half mark. So now let's talk about score predictions. I'll, I'll start us off there. Um, I'm taking ASU to win 31, 21, which is not what either Richie or Brian have talked about so far. I think it's going to be uh, a much bigger slugfest and maybe points are going to be potentially a little bit harder to come by um, potentially ASU padding that lead, even though I'm projecting them to win by 10, I'm going to say that it doesn't feel like it. Um, so even if that is, Um, the the difference in points at the end of it, I really do think uh, ASU is going to kind of eke out this win, maybe by um, a big stop late in the game that just kind of iced it at that point. So Brian, I'll kick it over to you. Score predictions for Utah versus ASU.
2: Well, if I'm going to go with 70 points, I at least got to make sure that uh, (laughs) um, the point totals add up, right? So we'll go, uh, let's go thirty-eight, thirty-five, Utah. And, and I'll say that it's on a last second field goal to win the game. And uh, we'll see if Utah can get the rushing the field aspect of things right this time.
0: I think at that point, to put you guys at first place in the factual South, rushing the field would be absolutely required at that point. You, like you can't even go back to the parking lot. You have to exit like the top level and absolutely have to go down to the field and just don't let anybody go home. So that would be the way to do it, in my opinion.
2: I love it. I love it. We need to get you up here to start directing the traffic if it, if it happens. That'd be perfect. <laughs> oh, I'll, man, I'll just not let a couple at, people not out. Weather.
0: Yeah, seriously. <laughs> uh, so for anyone who doesn't know, Richie might have mentioned over the last couple days, obviously I wasn't here on the podcast, but I wasn't just goofing around. I was actually on a quote unquote family vacation up in Utah, but really I was watching the youth's practices um, and we were there for a, a couple days of snow. I'm absolutely not not doing that traffic, or it has to at least be early on in the season. But even with that, let's get into the last part of this segment for the Friday edition of the Lockdown Sunnivores podcast. Let's get into just a couple of bold predictions on Utah side. Uh, so, Brian, if you have a couple of those you want to give us, Richie gave some of his thoughts on that on yesterday's edition of the podcast, and we'll see what happens during the game.
2: All righty. So here's my bold predictions. Uh, the first one is that Utah is going to go for two on the very first touchdown they score, but they're going to miss it. And then my bold prediction for the defensive side of the ball, uh, they're going to get a safety. Ooh, that's spicy. Okay. Okay. I don't have any um, basis for this. Uh, like I said, I'm just here. I'm, I feel like I'm on vacation being on a different podcast. You know, so I'm just having fun <laughs> throwing stuff out there, see if it sticks.
0: Um, well, I was about to ask if there was any sort of pattern for coaching decisions for trying to go for too early to like, Set themselves apart by one or two points, um, but there's there's nothing, no pattern there yet, correct?
2: oh no 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 utah is as conservative as they come both in states and in in how they play football so it's uh no kyle whittingham if he were to do that that would be really outside the box thinking and outside the game plan which utah may need to do you know they've they've started to unleash the offense a little bit in the last few weeks uh we saw a flea flicker uh against usc uh much debate about whether it was called or mistakenly called here locally but uh it maybe that was the uh, the sign that they needed to open things up. So I'm I'm gonna Kyle Whittingham, not afraid to gamble from time to time, you know, when it when it's uh uh analytically correct. Um so, you know, I feel like this is a good game to take a chance.
0: It's funny that you mentioned analytics, depending on who you talk to, that's either absolutely the way to go or analytics play way too much of a role in this game. So but if heck, if if you can even start to get some of those safeties too, I don't care what analytics say, those are phenomenal. So um, I, I, don't know if there's even been one in an ASU game this year, so that is definitely calling your shot. Uh, but last <laughs> week I had said we were going to get the first interception off of Tanner McKee and we ended up getting free. So maybe this podcast just has the power to speak things into existence, which if that's the case, Brian, you're absolutely never coming back from this podcast. So <laughs> I was going to say, if
2: Utah gets three safeties, I'll fly to Arizona and I'll buy you guys the tacos.
0: Oh, I don't know if that's worth it. <laughs> it, 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 it what, what kind of tacos are we
1: talking about, man?
2: Hey, I, I'm I'm not an Arizona original, so wherever it is that you guys love to go to, we'll go do that.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't know if you know this, but we uh, we Arizonans are pretty spoiled with some great Mexican food down here.
2: Uh, you know, I've taco been Bell, to uh, Del Taco. Oh My God, <laughs> Do you guys have a Taco Time too? Because that's really the trifecta. If you do, I not don't that really I know of. Do, th-
0: there are quite a few hole in the walls that you can get some pretty good tacos at.
2: Yes. One of my favorite things to do when I'm in the uh, the Valley of the Sun, you know, that and Sonoran hot dogs.
0: Yes, that's there. That's the way to go for sure. Well, Brian, thank you so much for your time today. Uh, where can all of our, our wonderful listeners find you on social media?
2: Uh, probably hanging up on the wanted poster at your local post office. No, uh, <laughs> at at Brown Bear SLC on Twitter at Locked on Utes. Uh, I, I want to commend you guys. You do a great job of tweeting during the games. Uh, I catch little snippets here and there on my feet. It's really fun to watch. Uh, but you know, come on, come on by, say hi ASU fans. I'm not much of a trash talker, like I said, but, uh, uh we'll treat you well. We'll have, we'll show you some hospitality up here in Utah.
1: Yeah. If you guys want Brian. a little peek behind the curtain at everything Utes, definitely give Brian a, a listen or so. And be uh, be as well-informed as possible going into one of the biggest games of the pac 12, not just Arizona state, not just the Utah Utes. For
0: every safety that ASU gives up during this game, you will have to like every single one of Brian's tweets. Uh, so it's going to be, wow. A lot of likes at three safeties. So. <laughs> uh, Brian, thank you so much for your time today, man. I uh, definitely, again, follow him on Twitter, follow his locked on Utes page on Twitter as well. Uh, follow his podcast and follow our own as well. You can find us on uh, Spotify, Odyssey, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, uh, wherever else you get your podcast as well. Sorry, i pulling up the closing thing. Uh, you're listening to the Locked On Son of Us podcast. Thank you for, miss, uh, for making us your first listen every day. Uh, for our next Monday edition of the episode, we'll be reviewing this game against Utah, hopefully what is a win, but that is yet to be determined. I'll be looking at some of the new AP poll rankings and finding out whether ASU is climbing or falling out from there. Uh, Make sure to get all of your daily Pac-12 news in less than 30 minutes with the Pac-12 expert, Cindy Robinson. It is free and available on all platforms.